The Profane Argument is a podcast for secularists, freethinkers, agnostics, and atheists. We discuss topics that we think are relevant to non-believers. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a second episode of Profane Arguments Podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. Hello, this is Ian. So this week we're going to start off with a question for all of us to answer. We're going to jump right into it. And that the question is, where would you rank yourself on the spectrum of theistic probability? So this was something that Richard Dawkins put out in a book that basically it gives seven levels of being a theist. And basically, it's from theist to atheist. Have you guys seen this before? No. I've seen this, and I have seen things similar to this with other with with other prefixes and suffixes, because occasionally I do venture into this and similar subreddits on the website Reddit, and they love to throw this out, and they love to pat themselves on the back about how much they know, so this is up <laughs> frequently. <laughs> okay. I've seen something similar to it before, so... I have no idea what you're talking about, so I need a little explanation. <laughs> All right, sure. So, basically, there's seven levels in this, and I'll, I'll give you definitions here really quick. Number one, which I don't think any of us are going to fall into, number one is a strong theist. Um, that type of person does not question the existence of God, that they know that God exists. Uh, number two is a de facto theist. They can't know for certain, but they strongly believe that there is a God, and they live life with the assumption that, that, that God is there. Number three is a weak atheist. They're very uncertain, but inclined to believe in God. A weak theist, not atheist. Right. Weak theist. Mm. Wow. Did I say that wrong? Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Fired. <laughs> a weak theist is someone who is very uncertain, but they are inclined to believe in God. Number four is a pure agnostic. The uh, existence of God is exactly equal probable as the non-existence of God. I, I, to me, that seems the, a very uh, difficult stand, stance to have. But in any case, number five is a weak atheist. They don't know whether God exists, but they're inclined to be skeptical. The de facto atheist that they can't know for certain, but they think it's that the existence of God is highly improbable and that they live their life under the assumption that there is no God. And then number seven is the strong atheist, 100% sure that there is no God. Where do you, where would you put yourself in that list? Karen? Most days at a seven. I am 100% sure that there is no God. I At points in my life, I'd probably be a six, but um, currently seven. That was pretty <laughs> straightforward. Yeah. Ian? Um, I, love the word, I love the word de facto, so I'm okay. definitely going to pick six. A de facto atheist, because I live my life and continue to live my life every day as though there is no God, but I don't, you know, really actively seek to know for certain either way. But, uh, boy, it seems unlikely. Jared? That is a really tough question. Be yeah. Well, one <laughs> is, when they say God, do they just mean a higher power in general, or do I have to believe in the Judeo-Christian so, so you're getting you're getting into where my answer was going to be. I'll give you my answer, and maybe it'll it'll yeah, maybe you can answer, help me. Answer yeah. If if you're talking about like a supreme being, a you know some sort of first starter, 
being, then I can't, you know, there's no way you can say that that creature doesn't exist, right? But if you're talking, a, so in that in that kind of scenario, I'm a number six, de facto atheist. I, I seriously doubt it, but okay, maybe. But if you're talking about a, a personal God, someone that influences your life every day, someone that listens to prayer, then yeah, I'm a seven. Like I'm, I'm 100% sure that, that that type of God doesn't exist. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I would say I'm in the same boat as you as a seven. It's like, first of all, I'd have, I'm not even highly probably sure. I am sure that there is no God looking after this planet and listening to people and making miracles and sending his son down or any supreme higher being doing that. But having said that, I mean, I, I can honestly say I don't know everything. And there's a lot of unexplained things out there that, you know, when I'm sitting in my room late at night before I go to bed and it's dark and I start thinking about the planet and then the solar system and then the universe <laughs> and then, the you know, the, all the guys, I'm like, man, what does it all mean? You know, then I'm like, you know, there's got to be something there, maybe. I, but I, my answer is I don't know. But yes, I do not believe in a higher power looking down at us and helping us out. So uh, put me at a seven. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because when you discuss it like that, it pushes me, you know, closer to a seven just because to think that I feel like just to think that if there is some sort of, you know, supreme being that governs all things, to think that to be so vain to think that I would have enough relevance and enough in common with that sort of being that it would speak to me, that it would worry about my existence, that it would care in any way, like, of my, you know, temporary 80-year passing in the universe. <laughs> like, that is just disgusting. That's vanity on a scary, scary level. I am so inconsequential cosmically. And to think that a creator being would have any sort of even recognition of my my existence seems dangerously vain to me. So that makes me even seven-year. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and Jared, you touched on something about not – it's kind of the god of the gaps. The things that we don't understand, we attribute to a god-type creature. I mean, who knows? There might have been some, you know, vastly superior alien being that came to Earth, you know, when in the formative times when, when life was just beginning and, and dropped in a couple of amino acids that got the planet started. Does that qualify as a god? Not to me. <laughs> to me, that's science. Sure. So, some alien came over and jizzed on our planet, and now we have life, and we supposed to worship him? I, no. Well, no, he's not asking for worship, but he did give us the 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 planet and the life that we have, and would be so far superior to what we have. Does it really matter whether we call him a god or not? Well, I mean, he doesn't have divine powers. I still attribute it to science. I mean, you know, I could take an iPhone back to, you know, 50,000 years ago, and I'll probably be worshipped as a god, but am I really? <laughs> Until your battery runs out. Exactly. Then you're nothing. <laughs> then I'm just a guy break. with a shiny piece of rock. <laughs> <laughs> but like but even, you know, like those gaps that, that you could attribute to a divine power, like I'm still like – I still can't even go that far. I'm like, okay, I we don't know. I will wait for the answer, <laughs> right? Because one day sure. someone might figure it out. It's know? okay to not know. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I think, but in, in times before, there were so many gaps that they, they kind of had to put something in that hole. And now with the gaps are so are a lot smaller and there's a lot fewer of them. They're more profound questions, but they we have so many answers now that we can we just set aside the God of the Gaps at this point. I yeah. think we can. 
Right. How amazing would it have been if these people had just accepted the things around them and didn't attribute all these things to them and just like, you know what? We'll get to it one day. And <laughs> none of this would be around now. <laughs> I don't say none of it because it wasn't just to explain things. It was also to keep people in line. Right. No, it's, no, but I yeah, think it, it, it definitely started to explain things. I'm going back way far sure. back, you know, and that goes, well, if he's doing that, he also doesn't want you to do this. And like, oh, shit, <laughs> I thought he just made it rain and stuff, but he doesn't want me to do that. Oh, well, I better stop doing that because he's going to send down more rain, right? Yeah, it, it's it's interesting where people get themselves, too. I mean, the Incas, or is it the Aztecs? I don't remember which one, you know, actually sacrificed people to the gods to get rain. I mean, the cause and effect is is not quite right there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you say Incas and Aztecs, but uh, mm. isn't that the foundation of all Christianity, human sacrifice? Is it? Oh, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Vicarious <laughs> redemption of putting Jesus on a cross. That, I mean, that's the basis of Christianity. That's human sacrifice. Between between that and zombies, we got it covered, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And whoever, if there is a God, I just want to throw out there, if there is a God that is interested in what's going on on this planet and then creates the species that live on this planet, that god has a completely inordinate obsession with beetles. There are like <laughs> 150,000 <laughs> species of beetles on this planet. Uh, what the hell kind of... Beetles uh, are getting it done. And one of them, <laughs> yes. he was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make this one eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just this one. And make roll that one it, eat. And roll it into little roll balls. It into- yeah. <laughs> well, that I understand. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> No, shit is never cute. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that question of what level of theist are you, that was from, like I said, a, a, a book that Richard Dawkins wrote. And I thought I would mention that I think it was on the 5th of February. He had a uh, he had a stroke, of a minor stroke. He is doing okay. And I will post a link to the most recent thing that I can find on his current Status. He actually put up a uh, put out a, a, a audio clip talking about his current status and his troubles with buttons. He was yeah. a little obsessive about that, but uh, it was a hemorrhagic stroke, which I think affected his left side. But he's doing okay. Is at home. Is recovering. So there you go. And yeah. being being that I have also had a stroke, I find this you know very no shit really yeah. Wow. So I, if I find it, you know, kind of hits home, and I, I have a lot of empathy. So, hmm. was it recently coming up on mine? Yeah, in uh, year three or four. Three. This will I three. will it, it'll be four fourth year anniversary this month. Is it four? And it was just it was completely random, or was there something wrong with you? I'm I'm crazy about this <laughs> shit. I'm sorry because I'm convinced I'm dying. <laughs> um, no, and this probably won't make you feel good, but it suddenly came on like I don't have. Uh, incredibly high blood pressure. I don't have incredibly high... Um, cholesterol. Cholesterol. Hmm. Man, I couldn't think of cholesterol. But in any case, I don't have high cholesterol. It was... Uh, I was very sick for a while. Uh, woke up near the beginning of night, somewhere in the middle of the night. I don't know. Turned my head and sneezed while facing one direction. And uh, my vertebral artery, an artery that goes up through your vertebrae, occluded. It snapped. Holy and shit. You just, you're scaring the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I knew that was going to be the case. But, but uh, yeah, so it just it stopped blood to a portion of my brain for a little too long. Hey, it's all better now. <laughs> okay. Mostly. Com- yeah. Most, mostly, kind of. Yeah, and not that you wouldn't be right, but as soon as you said it, I was like, it has been, you know, or will, it's about to be four years. <laughs> yes, almost. 
Yes, because I, I very remember, I remember very specifically thinking, like, the, the well, the third thing. The first thing was like, oh my god, is Ray okay? And then the second thing was like, I wonder how Karen's doing. And the third thing was like, damn it, he better be better soon because I don't have time to pick new groomsmen. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was not too long before your wedding, so. Uh, what about me and my needs? <laughs> you gotta schedule your strokes a little better. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get you off track there. Well, the, the, there is one lesson though. So the the lesson for people is if you if your ears are are plugged, like you're coming down on an airplane and they won't pop, the thing you do when you hold your nose and you blow out, you don't do that. Don't mm-hmm. don't do, don't do that. It pr- puts pressure on your on that particular system. And um, he also had been coughing a lot, so really really bad coughing, on top of the uh, Valsala maneuver is what it's called. I did lots of research. Oof. <laughs> Privately, uh, after the show, you need to tell me what the experience was like because I feel like I'm having a stroke every day, but I really think I'm just hyper <laughs> – I swear to you, I'm just hyperventilating and making myself high at, for like a sure. brief uh, second. And I'm like, ooh, here it comes. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I'm just high again. <laughs> here it comes. I'm joining you. Yeah, I'm coming for you, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, strokes are funny. <laughs> <laughs> After the fact, maybe. Right. Hopefully Richard Dawkins soon will be able to uh, to laugh at his own. Uh, someone else, another atheist wait, who is... Wait, wait. Yes, what? So, Richard Dawkins, the only th- when it first happened, the thing that came to my mind was, uh, think of all those people that are praying for him to not get well, and how ineffective <laughs> and how amused he will be by it all. Well, didn't the Vatican tweet out to him that they were praying for him? And everyone was like, how could you do that? That's the most worst thing ever. It's so offensive. And everyone, and then I think Dawkins was kind of like, I don't care. Just no. <laughs> yeah, he actually said, you know, you know what? Thank you. He's like, I don't think it'll do anything. But hey, your, your spirit's in the right place. Thanks. Right. <laughs> praying for him to get well. That's different. Praying for him not to get well. Not so, right. not so Christian. Yeah. Well, you always hear stuff like, I remember when Christopher Hitchens died, everyone was like, oh my God, you should have seen him on his deathbed. He was f- crying out for a priest. And I'm like, really? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So, uh, back to another atheist who's in the news. Salman Rushdie is in the news again. And for all things, it's the exact same thing. Wow. Really? Yeah. The state-run Iranian media outlets have jointly offered a new $600,000 bounty for the death of Salman Rushdie. So Still they've for, renewed. For being the author of the Satanic Verses? St- exactly. Why ah. Why the renewed vigor? It's the It's the anniversary. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Was so it 600000 in the 80s? Or, like they didn't up the money amount? <laughs> no, no. Actually, so this is by the media. So the $3 million bounty that was affixed by Ayatollah Khomeini in uh, 89 is still in place. Oh, shit. <laughs> so this actually ups it to $3.6 million bounty. Oh. I am sorry. Yeah. If your religion can't take a little bit of creative criticism, if it's that fragile, I don't even know where to start. I never I fully know, understood that. Million. I never understood, like, the drawing of Muhammad and, and, like, that seems like one of the most offensive things you could do. Because there's, like, cartoonists who have lost their lives over this shit. But why? Right. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, why is that the most offensive thing you can do? I don't know. I can't even imagine. You know what? I know a few Muslims. I should ask them. Hmm. <laughs> like, you can talk about Muhammad, right? Like, freely. You can say whatever you want. I don't think you can. Uh, <laughs> well, let's not go wild here. 
<laughs> well, he, he he did marry a twelve year old. I think they don't like you to talk about that oh. particular piece um, of it. Eight? Not not nine year old. Nine year old. I knew it was disgustingly young. So even better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't like to discuss that. Although they do like to promote it. Well, it depends on who they is. True. There are, you know, I mean, we're really we're we're honing in on the fundamentalist idea of of Islam. I'm I'm. There are a lot of Muslims who don't think that. However, it does offer the, I mean, it, it's like the, the Christian fundamentalist who says, well, it says here I need to, you know, stone homosexuals, and it, it justifies that, that thought, right? right? So the same, it's the same way with this, that if you draw Muhammad, if you ridicule or make fun of in any way, well, then you deserve to die because my justification is in this ancient book over here. Well, the they, the they I was talking about were the people that were giving up $3 million to have right. someone rushed to kill, so... Not they in the all Muslims category. But I see your point, though. Get a hold of yourself. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. So this. So all this. All this is 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 it. So the uh, the whatever the personal jihad against him was never was never lifted. This is just the prize money has been adjusted for inflation. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah, by much. Pretty much. So he was uh, the Khomeini Ayatollah Khomeini was replaced with. I'm 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 guessing this is correct. Ayatollah Ali Khomeini. And it's, he said that in 2005, the $3 million fatwa still stands. So mm. it was kind of let go and not thought about for a while. And yet he confirmed that it is still in place in 2005. I believe and I heard him. Said anything yeah, I sense. think I heard him talking either last year or something when he was on Bill Maher and he said something like, I still have like protection around me over that. Oh yeah, um, he has to. But how is he taking the news that about this extra six hundred thousand? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. I I couldn't find actually anything no. on. He cannot on, be reached for comment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's got too much security. <laughs> well, I'm thinking he doesn't really want it to be in the news too much. So it, it's good bad point. enough that there's three million dollars right. in his head. Yeah, don't. Re- yeah, I was gonna say don't remind people. Yeah, these people are dying and or martyring themselves for significantly less. Mm. You don't want to get them cashing in. Very this good is point. All true. Crazy. <laughs> all right. So moving on, I wanted to to follow up a little bit. There was a, a, another news article from the Mormons, and we can't forget about the Mormons. We, uh, you know, everybody wants to bash Islam and Christianity so much. I feel that we just need to keep the Mormons <laughs> in news as, bo- as oh, long as possible. Please, I love talking about Mormons. So trying to get the guy's name, Elder David Bednar spoke. He is another one of the twelve apostles. Oh. That still makes me um, laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was asked a question about homosexuals in the Church of Latter-day Saints, and his response was that he wanted to change the question because there are no homosexual members of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Oh, right. Like, there are no gays in Iraq, Iran. I remember this. <laughs> right. He, we're gonna say, he completely pulled Ahmadinejad and said, you know, there aren't any. I don't know what you're talking about. We're, nobody here is gay. No. <laughs> so he just made this decision. Well, they got that call in from God, right? Telling right. them the new news. He was just like, just in case <laughs> this ever happens. But as of right now, we got no gay people. So his answers are, we are sons and daughters of God, and all of us have different challenges in the flesh. So you're okay to be challenged as long as you don't act on your nature. Then you can still be a member of the church, I suppose. Ah, okay. Hmm. But yes, as, as we mentioned, Ahmadinejad from Iran said nearly the exact same thing in 
what, what was that? 2007? Yeah, 2007. It, uh, amazing that we can draw lines from Iranian leaders to the leaders of the Mormon Church. Oh, it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's super easy. Religious fundamentalism is the same, regardless of what the religion is. It is extreme and uninclusive and bigoted. So yeah, you can draw parallels. Because they all hate the gays. That's the mm. one thing they can all agree on. <laughs> they do all hate the gays. That's true. Even Scientologists. Scientologists, not a big fan of the gays. Really? Oh, yeah. Even though, I'm well, not that surprised, but huh. Well, publicly, not a fan of the gays, but privately, they will let, if you subscribe to the theory that John Travolta and Tom Cruise are gay and that David Miscavige is holding that shit over them, that they admitted it and not letting them out, In privately, the they're okay with it. What's that? In the closet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise won't come out of my closet. <laughs> but uh, I did not know that theory, but I'm 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 pro that theory. Well, I mean, they're pro they're they're anti any kind of family, but right. Like I mm. where did I remember reading something about it like they just not big on gays. Well, what was it recently? There was a there was an article that got squashed pretty quickly about Tom Cruise was trying to leave the Mormon Church. Because he wasn't allowing. You mean the Scientology? Sorry, not Mormon. Yeah, Scientology. Trying to leave Scientology because he, they he didn't have control over his children because of Nicole Kidman had taken them with her, and so they were trying. They were not allowing him to see his kids, so he was going to leave, and there was a whole thing, and then it went out of the news completely, and there's nothing. Well, yeah, there was that. There was also what would Travolta trying to get out too, mm. and they won't because a lot of people have said, and I've done a lot of studying on Scientology because I have a special hate for that. <laughs> <laughs> that when they audit them, you know, and they keep pounding on you like brainwashing, you know, you, you're not telling me something. You're not telling. What are you not telling me? And eventually they'll probably come out and say something that they didn't want to say. It's all fucking recorded and videotaped. And th whenever these two decide that they want to pull away or something like that, they're like, uh, 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 I got this tape of you. You know, I can release this because we know they do shit like that to mm -hmm. any famous person who does leave. They pull out all the stops. So very, it's very similar to the Catholicism and the confession booth, the way that I understand it. Yeah, at least in the confession booth, you're not being uh, recorded, though. And they're right. not making multiple documents and saving it on you. Right. But uh, yeah, we can dedicate think. a whole show to Scientology. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that, that'll be a mission for next time. Or just wait for it to happen. <laughs> well, we do take a risk, though, if we you start targeting Scientology specifically, because they're crazy and they will come <laughs> after you. They'll shut the website down. Oh, yeah. We'll get sued the whole nine yards, so we have to go into this with open eyes. <laughs> Please, I dare David Miscavige to come after me. <laughs> I can do very little to his multi-million dollar religion. I'm sorry, multi-billion. Yeah. I was going to say, I wish yeah. it was only in the millions. All right, next topic. So, it was posted on religionnews.com, which is a site that I'm really not familiar with. I don't know if this is generally a news site for religious followers. I'm assuming that is the case. But they posted an article entitled, Who Would Jesus Vote For? <laughs> and I thought that was an interesting uh, an interesting topic. And it really appears that this is a completely religious website. And it basically says, yeah, maybe Bernie. Maybe <laughs> Bernie is the one that Jesus would vote for. He's the most Jesus-like. <laughs> so a Christian is saying, vote for the Jew. <laughs> the funny thing about that question is, is if you ask any of the candidates on the GOP, they would all say, well, that's me because God came to me and told me to run. So right. <laughs> I know who Jesus would vote for. Yeah, but that also includes the GOP 
who were running, who are no longer running. Apparently, what God was just teasing them. <laughs> oh, right. God's a son of a bitch. He he gets all twelve of them, fifteen of them, and goes, "Okay, you're the one." And then he just sits back and twiddles his fingers. <laughs> and goes, oh, look what they're doing. <laughs> so it was the Old Testament God who was fucking with you, but the New Testament God is actually picking who's going to win. Yeah, I don't know right. how any of them justify that after they drop out of the race. I mean, I can't wait for Ted Cruz to drop out. I, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we will get on a right. little bit more on Ted Cruz a little later. But so in this article, it, it actually notes every time that Bernie was asked about his religion, uh, it's, when he was on Jimmy Kimmel, he was asked whether he was an atheist. And uh, I didn't actually see this, but apparently Sanders just ducked the question. And I don't know how he ducked the question, but that's what it says. But then the Washington Post asked him about it, and he says, well, I think everyone believes in God in their own ways. Which, as we've always already discussed, is not necessarily true. Right. <laughs> but then at the Iowa Town Hall, this I did see, Anderson Cooper really cornered him on it, and he said, quote, My spirituality is that we are all in this together, and that when children go hungry, when veterans sleep out on the street, it impacts me. Which is... A, a fantastic. I mean, talk about someone who is going to exemplify what Jesus' teaching was. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Well, absolutely. He I is. Mean, yeah. Go ahead. The most Jesus-like. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, he has a problem with the money lenders. you know, feed the poor. Um, the, the rich, what is it? Something about through the eye of a needle. Rich can't, I don't remember what the phrase is. It's the, easier for a camel to pass through the eye of the needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. There you go. Very That's nicely it. done. <laughs> Very good. How did you get I thought I was answering that question. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I do know a few no. things. <laughs> I, that was a like a direct quote. Yeah. Good job. So, I mean, the most Jesus-like, yeah, is Bernie Sanders, the Jew. <laughs> the kind of Jew. <laughs> well, Jesus was a Jew. <laughs> this is true. Even closer. <laughs> The question then is, how do the Republicans, who are the most godly people on the on the podium at the moment, claim to be have that? How do how do they claim to have God behind them? Is it just the God of the Old Testament and not the God of the New Testament? Maybe God told them to withdraw from the race. <laughs> <laughs> well, God told them to run. He didn't tell them they were going to win. Oh, right. That's fair. <laughs> Mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it truly doesn't make any sense. I don't know how people justify it in their own minds. I mean, I, I work with a few people who are on way on the far right and are very religious and are voting for Trump. And I just I can't even I don't know where that how that gets connected in a brain. Like, I don't know how the thought process works. I just don't. I also no. work with one guy who is in uh, very religious and is very outspoken about Bernie and has actually posted about how if Jesus were here. He would vote for Bernie, which I don't think went over well with his coworkers. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's a. Um, it, I think it is an Old Testament thing. They, they 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 pick out the pieces that are convenient for their ideology and just poke at them. That's the problem with the Bible is that you can go through it all and pick out the things that that you like and ignore the stuff that is. Oh, give give money to the poor. Oh, I don't want to do that. We'll just ignore that piece of it and just smite the gaze. That's that's the part I like. Like the case smiting. That's absolutely true, though. Right? I mean, I honestly believe uh, uh, so much of it is just veiled racism, bigotism, you know, and, and they, and that's their, that's their crutch. They're like, oh, but yeah, that's my religion. I got it down that way. For anybody to believe that Trump is actually a religious man. <laughs> Oh, and then, yeah. no. I mean, how stu how stupid are the fucking people in this country? 
I mean, how do you, how could you believe? I guess so, man. I mean, I don't want to go into a different realm of the conversation, right. but he tells you that and you go, all right, it works for me. I believe it. <laughs> Seems likely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, everything you've done to this talk point. talk about how religious he is and how, you know, how he, he believes in, in God. And then in, a, in another speech say, you know what? I could just shoot a guy and you people would be okay with it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, constantly contradicting yourself is his number one attribute. Yeah. And, uh, and somehow always lands on his feet. Speaking of which, if anybody hasn't seen it yet, uh-huh. do a Google search of John Oliver Trump. If you just do that, you'll get a video that is priceless. John Oliver on Sunday did a, a bit on Trump. It was like a 20-minute portion of his show that was just fantastic, ripping Trump a new one, First, calling, out, Ray, calling him out on everything. I must stop you right there. Uh-oh. Are you talking about Drumpf? Yes. Drumpf. Okay, <laughs> exactly. I just want to make sure who you were talking about. I wasn't sure. Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I love the app that they put out that will actually change every instance of the word Trump to Drumpf in your browser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to get that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so let's not stay on him for too long. So another Republican who is very, very religious, John Kasich from Ohio, my home state, person that my mother actually really likes. <sighs> he, I don't know if you heard, but he, while running for president, defunded Planned Parenthood in Ohio. That will strip $1.3 million that was actually destined for HIV testing. Yeah, no longer going out there. So, good luck, Ohioans. <laughs> yeah. And he's supposed to be the moderate. He's, he's you know, he's he coming out and, and always saying about how, I mean, he's really advertised himself as the moderate candidate. You know, the, the not Trump. <laughs> was this well, his Hail Mary move to, like, get, like, some votes, perhaps? No, be like, hey, I, look what I did. No, I think he did it very quietly. I think actually he is oh, a, really? closet, a closet a closet right, and he was That's just putting even worse. Him, yeah, he's putting himself in the moderate position because he saw an opportunity to be the different guy, and no, he's not any different. That's scary. I don't under and I don't get why. What was it? even Trump? I'm going back to Trump again. Sorry, <laughs> um, even Trump <laughs> is not that against Planned, Her- Planned Parenthood because they do good works. Not. Everything they do is around abortion. I I get it. If you if you have a problem with an abortion, don't get one, but stay out of my pants. And that has nothing to do with everything else the Planned Parenthood does. And just leave them the hell alone. I don't get it. I mean, that's true. And I didn't want to bring up Trump again either. But he really did come out and be like, hey, Planned Parenthood does good stuff. There's some bad stuff in there, but the majority of it's good. So I got to commend him for that. But I don't think what you understand it is that despite all the evidence to the contrary, these people still believe that they're chopping up babies in there. And doing these awful things and selling baby parts and all these things that have been proven untrue. Despite the evidence, they're like, yeah, but. So, and Casey, yeah. I, I thought I he was more say, rational, haven't, but. Haven't you heard that Obama's a secret Muslim, Jared? Oh, yes. <laughs> Don't you remember that one old lady that mentioned that nine years ago? <laughs> Must be true. You know, it's. I was thinking about that old lady the other day when I was <laughs> waxing nostalgic for a Mitt Romney nomination. <laughs> It would seem so moderate and normal now, wouldn't it? I said that, I, I mean, not to bring up my other part, but I said that this last night, I was like, I want a guy like him or a McCain, please. I'll take any, either one of those two guys. Yeah, yeah McCain sure. was viable until he attached himself to, to craziness. Yeah. Yeah. Because if that happened, Ian, if that happened today at a Trump rally where someone went up to him and said, President Obama is a Muslim Kenyan or something like that, you know Trump would be like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> 
Whereas a nice gentleman, McCain was like, no, ma'am, he's a nice person. He's not a, you know, I think she called him an Arab, right? I think that's what she said. Probably. Just I don't remember the old woman. I'd have to, I'd have to look. I don't recall oh, it's, that. It's a classic. I remember all the fallout, but. Classic move. No, but. So one. Go ahead. Back to back to Kasich again, though. I get you know, the point about him is, yeah, he he is not the moderate that he pretends to be. Nearly half of all Ohio's abortion clinics have closed since he took office. As an example. Jesus. Yeah. God, I used to like kind of like him. Sorry. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> And he actually, the reason I mentioned that my mother likes him, the reason that she does is he improved Medicare for the state of Ohio. I believe, I could be wrong about this, but I believe that he also signed the state up for Obamacare, the, you know, the, what was it, the free Medicare for so many, so much amount of time. He, he took that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He was one of the few Republicans who actually did. So as far as healthcare, concerns go i think he's done reasonably well well except 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 for women right (laughs) exactly i'm surprised that they have not thrown that obamacare in his face but i guess they figure he's such a non-starter why even bother talking about him it's much more fun to yell at each other at the top end of the scale yeah yeah Yeah. so on to the the craziest of the crazies that i have read this this last week jared you brought this up ted cruz's dad Mm -hmm. oh god holy crap it's just amazing. We'll link, link an article from Mother Jones. But his dad, I mean, it starts off with, My son ran for president after God sent his wife a sign. Which, wow, that, that starts off in fairly shaky right, ground. Right, I'm, I'm already intrigued. Like, how, how loosely did we interpret this sign? How specific was it? How did he get the sign there? Tell me more. It gets so much better. <laughs> Turns out what it was, was uh, God leaned over to her and said, your husband, Cruz, run. And that's when she, she, she thought that that meant he should run for president. And God actually meant you should just run. <laughs> but no, so the, the, the article just gets more and more crazy. I couldn't believe uh, actually what I was reading. It's way more crazy than I expected. It, the way right. that it starts out with his with that little paragraph quote, just that alone, I didn't even need, really know, need to go much farther than that. <laughs> and I listened to a little bit of the interview, but the very fact that he says that the family spent six months in prayer seeking God's will for the decision if he should run, that they, I mean, that's insanity. And then after six months, <laughs> she gets the green light. Not Ted. The wife just right. leans over and's like, oh shit, j- this just in. He said, yes, we, we can go back to doing whatever we were doing before. <laughs> this brings up a bigger question for me, and it's this. Now, while the, the story is true, I'm sure that Ted Cruz's father believes this story, but do you think it's really true? Do you think they really sat there for six months in prayer, or is this some this bullshit thing that they just said? When when they say that, I'm thinking that every Sunday when they went to church, they would talk about it a little, and they would all pray together and possibly, you know, the congregation or something. Okay, in case somebody right, called them think- out on it. Right, I'm not thinking that they all took, like, a vow of silence and they sat around the table holding hands for six straight months. But, I mean, that that would explain why she was like, I gotta put an end to this shit. Y- he said you should run. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that but that also, that also brings it, like, I, th- that's my problem, is, like, a lot of these guys, like Ted Cruz or, or whoever, like, I don't even believe that they believe. I believe that they found their angle and it's like, oh, this is the angle I'm taking. And it's it, this will work out because I'll get a lot of votes because people are dumb and they believe in this shit. So I'll take it. Like, I just can't believe that Ted Cruz was actually asking God if he should run for president. Or he was like, 
I want to run for president. Well, we can assume that his wife does not because she actually says that God spoke to her. We pretty sure that that didn't happen. I guess she you're was, right. you know, kneeling for so long that she had a, had a complete, you know, delusional, I don't know, moment of clarity. <laughs> right. I don't know. I feel like they have to be at least somewhat on board with this. You know, it can't be like he might not believe it as much as he's claiming, but he's got to be in that camp because there's just certain even to get elected again, and maybe not the the office of president. Maybe you are willing to make some like serious sacrifices morally to do that. But I wouldn't think like if I'm running for some other position, even in local government, and I'm like, oh, the key to this, Ian, is to go out and say that you condemn the gays. I'm like, I can't do it. I'm just not going to be able to hold that position. Like you, you just. So I've got to assume that they've got to at some level believe that she did hear. Or see or feel a sign from God in some way. And you, do you really believe that he actually was asking God? Or was he talking about it while he was at church? And uh, he was probably, again, I don't know how, how into, like, how direct line of communication he believes or is committed to. But after, you know, he turned off the 11 o'clock news and sat there in bed with his wife. He would, you know, close his eyes and clear his mind and reach out with his feelings and say, God, you know, I, I think I can turn this country around. I think I'm the right man for the job. Give me a sign if you think that I could be the next president of the United States. For sure. For sure. I don't know. But then again, with Ted Cruz, his father became a born again, right? Was away for a while, came back and then turned the whole family onto it. Yeah. Rafael Cruz, that article opened up a whole new area of crazy for me, the Christian dominionism. Yeah, so let's get into that. So he, <sighs> Rafael Cruz, calls for Christians to gain control of aspects of the American society. He calls Obama an outright Marxist, which apparently he's never looked up the definition of Marxist. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he seeks to destroy all concept of God. He urges Americans to send him back to Kenya. circle that around he says that it's appalling to have a gay mayor in houston and he asserted that satan was behind the supreme court decision that legalized same-sex marriage and yeah he calls for a christian dominionism Mm -hmm. which that was a term i I, i've heard before but never really done much research and some of it is just over the top like sharia law kind of you know, in, in America, kind of crazy, except not oh. Sharia, but Christian. Mm. Well, they took the, the quote, take dominion over all my creation, literally. They want to take over all of the earth and rule it as a Christian caliphate, if you will. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but you're making Trump look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I mean, as opposed to Cruz. <laughs> oh, he's... I mean, to be honest, yes, because uh, Trump, at least we don't have any idea what he will actually do. You know, I mean, he makes stuff up as he goes. So you don't know if he, if on any decision what it's going to be. So there's that complete chaos theory, right? Yeah. Cruz, you know what he's going to do, and that's somehow more scary. <laughs> well, yeah, it's terrifying for, for, you know, for us, for the atheists, uh, the 35% or whatever the percentage actually is of the, the populace, because we are not included in his view. We, we, we're inconsequential. We are marginalized with the gays and everybody else that doesn't agree with him. So, yeah, it's pretty freaking terrifying. Ian, what was the name of that island that you're going to? <laughs> 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 I don't have it off the top of my head, 
but I will get it for you Thank just you. in case. Thank Nova you. Scotia? Nova Scotia somewhere. Yeah. Uh, it's near it's near Nova Scotia. Okay. Yeah, Cruise is amazing. And uh, of of the top three, we haven't said anything about Rubio. He is incredibly religious, but he is at least a Jesus-believing religious. Except when it comes to the poor or anyone outside the country. Mm. But <laughs> at least he – I mean, uh, compared to Cruz, he, he looks – Fantastic. <laughs> Who's that? Rubio? Rubio. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a he's a scary dude, but compared to number one and number two, huh, he really he helps he helps ease my troubled mind to think that he can still possibly win. <laughs> well and there's the whole you know, he doesn't actually show up to vote for anything, so he'd be a part timer anyway. So he couldn't actually get much done. Yeah, he's a true career politician. Yeah, he is he is a stuffed suit of the of the finest kind, so All right, so are what, we done with politics? Or do you have a question? What does Ted Cruz do when he's when he loses? When he drops out tonight? Because tonight will probably be the night. <laughs> oh God, I hope so. Because <laughs> I, I don't think know. he's going away. Right, I feel like he's not going to go away because he is definitely a he's more of a tantrum kind of guy than a gracious loser kind of guy. Agreed. Now, yeah, but then what happens? Do, uh, that's that's a good question. Does Cruz? Does Rubio? Do they get in line? And get behind Trump, or do they continue to try to sabotage him? Chris Christie got behind. Did him. they go? Oh, did he ever? Mm. Yeah, and then Trump told him to go away. Did he? You get no, nobody saw this. No, I didn't see it. No. Oh my god! So I saw you know, and I, I saw the thing about Christie, and I was like, oh god, that's scary. And then today I see the news article, and there's audio to go with it, and video <laughs> of <laughs> Christie meeting him on stage, and Trump going, "Go home. The plane's over there. Get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Now, if th- if this is a fabrication, then I'm sorry, but it looked real to me. And and Christy just going okay and turning around and leaving. <laughs> so <laughs> interesting. Well, so then, I'd be supr- surprised if we see them together again. They have a whole New Jersey thing going on between the two of them that probably right. doesn't play well in, in the heartland. So yeah. So so he willingly puts Sarah Palin up on stage. He does not condemn David Duke, the the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, mm. but he tells Christie to go home. Yep. What an odd, what an odd, crazy man. The whole thing about yeah, the whole thing about David Duke. That I mean, it was complete bull that he doesn't. He, he claimed that he didn't know who David Duke was. Come on, ever? Yes, you do. You know who he is. Everybody knows who David Duke yeah. is. Oh, they had audio of him of him condemning him. Yeah. A few, yeah. I mean, he knows. It, it was just a, a it, completely just a bid to keep the the you know neo Nazis that are voting for him still voting for him. He's like white bigots still vote. <laughs> he likes the undereducated, so he does he loves like the poorly educated. <laughs> I can't believe All right, you we said probably that. should. We, yeah, we should probably get off this. We could go on for the hours on this. <laughs> yeah, this is true. All right, but to con- in conclusion, Cape Breton. Thank you. Is the name of the <laughs> Canadian island. I am tattooing that, that now- on my forearm right now. <laughs> B-R-E-T-O-N Sounds cold They they address that in their website Seriously <laughs> they Absolutely Absolutely The second paragraph in this Other than, you know, we're offering refugee status is Yes, this is Canada But Cape Breton isn't frozen all year round <laughs> Our summers are delightful With highs in the 80 degree range <laughs> Our winters are very similar To the northeast United States oh, Okay then, I'm, I'm in I'm loving this place <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. All right. So final topic, but it's a it's a killer. Okay. Is this a top secret topic? It's the one that you don't know everything about. Yes. 
Oh my goodness. All right, I'm sitting down. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so I'll start it. We'll, we'll bring it in slowly. So I wanted to mention that uh, in the Academy Awards, there was a movie called Spotlight, which I knew nothing about prior to it winning an Academy Award. But apparently it is a movie just dedicated to the uncovering of the sexual abuse scandal within the Catholic Church. Which Correct. is, that is amazing that it won an Academy Award. For Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For be- like, it was super amazing. It, no one knew what was happening. <laughs> Everybody was sitting there waiting to hand the award to the Revenant. And when Morgan Freeman read the envelope, he didn't even know what he was doing. He was like, oh, Spotlight. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. The sp- card says Spotlight. I'm not sure what to do with this. <laughs> did he spit his Girl Scout cookies all over the card? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty phenomenal. It was, and it is. I mean, it's phenomenal that a, that a movie yeah, with that absolutely. topic would would get that kind of acclaim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just on the heels of that, it was announced today that in Pennsylvania, Altoona <laughs> and Johnstown area, uh-huh. the Altoona Johnstown diocese, two Pennsylvania bishops hid abuse of hundreds of Oof. children within the area. A 147-page report on sexual abuse came out, and it uncovered just really amazing amounts of corruption within the government. Mm-hmm. How 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 the church had influence on. Well, we'll we'll go through it, but but the the start of it is there were two bishops who completely hid many many cases, hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of allegations. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Over four- In the article, it actually has that the bishops created a payout chart f- so that victims would receive money based on what they were accusing. Victims who were fondled were paid ten to twenty five thousand. Fondles under the clothes were subject or subjected to masturbation fifteen to forty thousand. Subjected to forced oral sex twenty five to seventy five thousand, and subjected to forced sodomy. 50 to 175,000. They had this written down in a chart. Oh, I have to <laughs> see this chart. <laughs> it's official? Is it on letterhead? <laughs> I'm sure. That would be incredible. I mean, it's probably referenced in the 170 something page court paperwork that was released just today. Yeah, if you search Altoona, Johnstown Catholic sex scandal, it's starting to make its way through. Uh, Reuters picked it up at some point, so everybody will have it. Man, those two useless dead cities in Pennsylvania will do anything to try to stay relevant. (laughs) This is a new low. Even when the universe tried to wipe Johnstown off the map with a flood. Take a hint, Johnstown. (laughs) Here they come roaring back (laughs) with a good old child rape. Yeah. And so supposedly the the one Monsignor Philip Saylor is, um, he's, I guess, he's the one that's dead now. One of them's dead and one of them's 80. And there's no charges. It's just a grand jury found bad things. And because the statute of limitations is over, so there there, there are no charges pending at the moment. But they, they also, uh, they had a say in who was appointed as the chief of police. Supposedly for all, like, mayors and chief of police positions, they all got run by this guy, Monsignor Sailor, and he persuaded the mayor and the current, what is it, Altoona's former police chief, Peter Starr, testified that politicians of Blair County were afraid of him, and he apparently persuaded the mayor to appoint me as the chief of police. So they had a say in who policed them. And not only that, but the police and civil authorities would defer to the diocese Mm. when when priests were accused of abuse. 
So a priest would be that someone would go to the police. The police would then go to the Monsignor <laughs> and say, well, what do you want to do about this? Mm -hmm. Let me check the chart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, uh, that is horrible. That is super horrible. It just, it, and again, had I not been so, um, I guess, you know, desensitized a little bit and prepared from the, na the, the national and worldwide scandal with the Catholic Church, it, it makes it as awful, but I guess less shocking because I know that's how it's done. Like, I know that because someone who's just a civilian, if they go out and rape a child, they get to enjoy a, a, a lifetime prison sentence mm. that will probably end in being murdered on the inside because they're just, you know, a person who decided they wanted to, to rape a child. Now, if a member of the clergy, who, thank goodness, have been anointed by God and chosen by God, choose to rape a child, they get relocated and erased. Yeah. You're going That's on vacation. <laughs> in one case, they said that the Hogan was one of the people accused here, covered up an abused uh, allegation, an abuse allegation, by transferring the offending priest to a school for boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah! Smart. Smart move. I mean, seriously, how, how, I mean, South Park just nailed it on the head, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not a matter of, what are we going to do about this to stop the priest? It's what are we going to do about this to stop the boys from coming forward? <laughs> Yeah. Now, I uh, I am not too well familiar with uh, Johnstown, but I know Altoona is a pretty poor city. <laughs> I can assume Johnstown is as well. Do none of these people are able to hire lawyers or anything like that? Like, they just go to the police, the police goes to the Monsignor, and then it's quickly covered up. Nobody's like, I want to own this church. My kid was diddled or anything like that. Is Are these two poor cities that poor? It sounds like the, there it was a number of cases were brought before the police over, oh, okay. you know, over the over the past forty years, but basically nothing ever came of it. Or if it if it if it did, it was minor. You know, it was always put shoved under the rug, and and you know people were were paid off uh, with a payout chart. So then they went away. Or the staff yeah. would would threaten the whole family with excommunication. Oh right, there, sure. There, there was that too. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if your kid is the one that it happened to, well, I, I guess these happened. It wasn't like a kid got touched and then the next day came forward. This is like years later, so. Probably. But More even still, like, if it was my kid and they're like, we're going to excommunicate, you'd be like, well, why would I want to be part of this goddamn church anyway now? <laughs> I don't know. Does the, is the power of that community that strong that it overweighs the, the power of, you know, the love of your child? That's a terrifying thought. Yeah. It is a terrifying thought, but I think it is in a lot of cases. I mean, I know in, in my family that isn't the case. Sure. I mean, if 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 my, my mother, who's a, you know, lifelong churchgoer, if something were to happen where where she didn't like the church, she would find a different church. Or, you know, she she wouldn't give up God, but she would definitely... You give know. Up. So I don't know what the disconnect is where you think that excommunication is such a... a such a Yeah, a right. threat. Well, but, but remember that the Catholics all work together, though. I mean, you can't leave the Diocese of Johnstown Altoona. It is one big conglomeration. There's no other Catholic church you can go to. They're all together. Right. So, yeah, you you are completely excommunicated from the entirety of your religious community. That's got to be. Now, I guess we're Lutherans now. <laughs> See, that's what I was just going to say. Then hopefully you would recognize that despite some minor differences, all of Christianity is it's identical. Mm -hmm. Just pick one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, at the very best, you know, you're going to save a little money and your Sunday mornings are free now. 
<laughs> but if you've been fully indoctrinated, it's hard to do, I think. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. I guess so. Absolutely. But even st- – I mean, with, with such shocking information and something so horrible right. to say, happen to your child, would that not like – even Right. Yeah. And even with the full indoctrination, I feel like, you know, there's enough exposure. It's not something closed off where, like, if you, you know, if you decide you're going to stop being Amish, then – you are on your own, like nothing you've ever known, and you're out in a scary brand new world with no friends, no relatives, no nothing. I mean, I feel like leaving the Catholic Church should comparatively be easy. Easier. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot more resources at your fingertips. And it's not a completely different world like it would be with the Amish, it's true. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, and again, it's not like trying to leave, you know, Islam where... Yeah. 60% of the people are like, well, we have to kill you now. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So question, how much of this, and I, I'm not excusing any of this behavior by any means, don't get me wrong, but how much of this is partially caused by the fact that they are, it's required celibacy? All of the priests are required to be celibate. What kind of burden does that put on men? I have often wondered about that. Like, w- even if I was forced to be celibate, and my only way was to lure children in. Why would I go for boys when I'm not a homosexual? I don't know. That's, I never – because they just don't have access to young girls? Is that what it is? I think that's partially it. Yeah, the choir boys they have access to. And the what, what do they call the – I forget. There's two boys, ultra boys. Yeah. I guess that's what it – I mean, but to just be like I'm so sex crazed, like I'll just fuck this little kid. Absolutely. Like I, I don't understand that. Like especially – Right. Like what – like even – like – what amount of celibacy would drive you to look into the eyes of a perfectly innocent eight-year-old boy that thinks you're, you're, you know, his representative, his to guide? God. Yeah. yeah, you are, you are, you're his guide into everything in this world and the next world, and trusts you unconditionally. And look and go, yeah, I can't wait to fuck that. Mm. Like that's really. A level of depravity that I can't understand. Yeah. I think I just threw up. A and little. I'm a pretty dirty guy. Yeah, why is your first step not to take off the collar and drive to the next town over and like hire a hooker or go to a bar and just pretend you're not a priest? If you need to get fucked that badly, there are way easier ways to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. Or is it? Or is it that the the pedophiles know it's a safe place to go, so it's it's by design? Yeesh, I hope Maybe. that's not the case. <laughs> I'm thinking for some, it probably is. Sure. Yes. I, w- I would have to say that uh, Karen is on to something there. So going back to the, this idea that it's so systemic in the Catholic Church, I, while I was doing a little research on, on the, the Catholic Church in uh, Altoona, Johnstown, I found a, another thing that just came out recently. Cardinal Pell. I don't know if you know who Cardinal Pell is. Philadelphia? But he is – no, no, no. Mm. Australian. He is an Australian cardinal of the Roman Catholic Church. He recently did an interview, and there's a video of it. I'll, I'll link it in on the webpage, that he, where he was asked if he was aware of the pedophilia, the institutional pedophilia going on within the Catholic Church in Australia. And he basically responds, well, look, I don't know if everybody knew. He didn't deny that he knew. But he said, I don't know if everybody knew about it. But here's the thing he said. This is a quote. It's a sad story. But it wasn't much of interest to me. Oh, oh God. <laughs> God. How do you stay in a religion when one of your leaders says that? 
So he says this in a public place, and you can hear in the video all of the gasps, the the audible gasps of people in the audience. And they they, they stopped, and they're like, wait a minute. Really? It wasn't interest to you? And he said, well, the suffering, of course. It was very real, but I had no reason to turn my mind to the extent of the evils that this priest had perpetrated. I mean, wow. wow. That's yeah. just astounding. That's wow. crazy. That is truly crazy. Yeah. It's left everyone here speechless. <laughs> it has. Well, that and, and I'm still I'm still stuck on Karen's revelation. It seems so plausible to me. Maybe not quite as uh, intentional as I may have implied. But, you know, how many pedophiles would turn to the church to help, quote unquote, cure them of these urges and these feelings? And that led them pursuing seminary school. And then they get put in these positions of authority. And then cha-ching. Mm-hmm. So it's not... Completely malicious is what you're saying. Like they're not. No, just like, I don't think. Okay. I don't, yeah, I don't think they woke up and went. Ha ha! I got a fast track to cash in on my desire to bang little boys. <laughs> See, it's like they're like. Uh, I can know. either join the seminary or get a job working at Subway. What do I? Uh, which one of these routes should I go down? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, and there weren't that many openings for Subway spokesmen at the time. So yeah, I figured you know things just took one bad turn after. It's just it's such a hard disease to combat because no one wants to give up sexual gratification. Sure. Nor do they so, want to come uh, out and admit it and say, I need help. I got a major problem here, you know? Right. And again, but there's there's no way to help that. Like, I don't know I don't know if there's a fix for that. There's no way that someone who is, for whatever reason, drawn to to pedophilia, they don't go like, oh, th- thanks. I, that's great. I feel better. I want to bang adults now. Well, I'm sure it's some kind of psychological thing. I doubt there's a magic pill or a chemical imbalance. Right, right. But, you know, but you're right. Wow. What a downer. Jeez. <laughs> but it does, it, it, it does lead you to the question of what if, what if priests were allowed to marry? Would that be, you know, would that be a deterrent for this? And I've always thought that, you know, if one priest loves another priest, why not let them marry? Sure. <laughs> because. Because the Old Testament says that, that it's bad. Well, that, yeah, I was going to say, because if you get married, then you have to, not have to, but it's going to push you down the path of learning to respect women, and that is not a valued tenant of the the Christian church. All right, well, I think we're out of time this week, so thank you for listening. Uh, whether or not you liked what we said, please leave something in our comment area on the webpage. I would appreciate it. Uh, you can also, uh, this will be posted on iTunes, and if you would like to leave a review there, we would appreciate it there as well. Thank you for listening, and until next time, I am Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you, everyone. Good night, and may your God go with you. Pretending, pushing, I was in.